This is a Broad Pods production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Broad Radio. For you, by you. Broad Radio. Here for more. Hi there, it's Joe Stanley here, one of the hosts of Broad Radio. And in case you're joining us for the first time, this is a podcast of our live show. The legendary Miff Warhurst joins me as co-host in this episode. We talk about reassessing our relationship with alcohol, the art of gift giving and how we can recycle plastic in our own communities. Plus, we put a case for the great joy of dining on our own. Broad Radio broadcasts live every Tuesday at 9am on Facebook and YouTube. Check us out. Hi, Mia. Oh, hello. I'm so excited to be here, Joe. It's just brilliant. Oh, Gorgeous. I'm so excited. <laughs> I I had to accidentally give you a hug when you arrived this I know. morning. I don't I know, know we were not allowed. Long. It felt naughty and it felt a little <laughs> bit like, you know, I was a teenager doing something wrong behind the bike sheds, but it was great. It was. It was. Yeah. A, a very safe, I'm sure. Um <laughs> Miff, we know you for so many amazing things that you've done. Obviously, years of radio and TV, podcast with Zan Rowe, which I love. We saw you on I'm a Celebrity. We see you on Eurovision. Um, you're the voice of uh, one of the characters on Bluey. Aunt Trixie. Aunt Trixie, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you are, you're a synonymous with music for me as well in Australia. It's an amazing journo there. So what makes you most grateful Goodness me, I think it's changed a lot over the years. Uh, more recently, especially with what's going on around the world and it's it's lying safely in my bed, surrounded by my pets, you know, living the best life I can I could have hoped for for myself, you know. Yeah. Um, that makes me very grateful. I agree. Especially at the moment, just being safe, mm. I think. And I know that's a serious way to start the show, but... No, but I think it's true contentedness. Yeah. It's actually acceptance of how fortunate we are Mm. and it would be ungrateful not to acknowledge how fortunate we are and also safe within myself I think as you get older you feel a lot more comfort in yourself and I'm I'm, I'm really grateful to be at that point in my Mm. life where I'm content that is a true blessing yeah I reckon it takes you know a good few decades to get I'm nearly 50 (laughs) I wish I'd worked a lot of this out earlier to be honest but you know I've gone down a rabbit hole of trying to work out would I have been able to do this in my 20s can I can can anybody find that acceptance in your 20s because 
you've got to learn, mm. you've got to make mistakes, That's you've true. got to face all the things that you don't like about yourself. Yeah. Surely that takes a few decades. It's true. Can you actually like yourself enough in your 20s to have that contentment? Oh, probably not, no, because you're so busy out and about going to bad nightclubs and, <laughs> and doing all sorts of things you shouldn't be doing, yes. or at least I was anyway. <laughs> all the mistakes that, that make all, us Yeah, that is a now. rite of passage. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. Now, uh, Miff, we like to start the show with something that might have happened during the week, yeah. the news, the topicals, you know, um, and I think you could label this loosely news stories that have made you cross. Oh, yes. <laughs> so cross about this one. Oh, my God. Lisa Wilkinson, apparently it's news mm. that she might sit alone in a restaurant enjoying a margarita and reading her <laughs> iPad. A huge story in the Daily Mail with photos, creepy, creepy photos, photos taken through a window. And, and God forbid, woman dines alone. Like, what is this about? What, what is the intention of it? That's what I don't understand. What is the message that the article and the photographs are trying to achieve? Is it that, goodness me, she, she doesn't have any friends, which I doubt entirely. She's in Melbourne working. She's allowed to eat. Mm. Um, or is it that a woman should not be seen anywhere mm. alone because she's not safe? Like, I don't, I don't understand it at all. It feels like... Uh, yeah, I think the story came from the fact that she's somehow lonely. Is that it, like that? There's a shame to being on your own. That's the first thing that. Well, I me live alone because, and, and I've never been happier to be honest. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Can I tell you that I have had one holiday on my own in my life? Right now, that's sad. I turned fifty this year, but I went to <laughs> London by myself. And I sat in numerous restaurants drinking champagne and it was the greatest joy of my life. And I love my husband and child, but I can't tell you how <laughs> thrilled I was to burn them and get on my own. Like, why can't women spend time on their own? I know. Well, it's expected we're either, we're either mothering or we are working and in between... There is nothing else. Oh, yeah. Do you think that people imagine that if we're not working or mothering that we just... We go home and morph. Or parenting, into, I should say. Yes, yeah. parenting. Um, but do we go home and morph into witches? Yeah. Like we well, shut I'm, the front door. I'm already there. <laughs> <laughs> do you turn into? I turn into a little a crazy cat lady quite happily. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there is no shame in being alone. There is no shame in sitting alone, dining alone, doing anything alone. It's mm. it, it's absolutely fine. And I think this it, it's such a traditional narrative as well that. You know, a, a woman it needs to be with somebody or partnered in order to be safe or to be loved or to be mm. like it, it, it encapsulates so many things that are wrong with that narrative to judge a woman by that. Absolutely. I'd also like to commend Lisa Wilkinson on how tidy you sh she is when she eats oysters <laughs> and broccoli. Because honestly, <laughs> if someone was taking a photo of me through a window, I would be like, I'd be mopping up the margarita from my no. breasts, I'd have it in my lap. And the but... way that she sipped that margarita was so classy. Oh, so like I'd be like guzzling it down. That's but right. I think she also knew she was being photographed too, and and that would be a terribly uncomfortable experience. And it's I, just wrong. It's just it's not it's not right. When does this end? Have you had have you had people stalking you, taking photos, paparazzi, the like? 
Mm, not that I know of, no. Sadly, I'm, I'm like D-list famous, so. Yeah. I've asked them to. No one's had any interest whatsoever. I do what the Kardashians <laughs> do and call them up before I, I go anywhere and they don't turn up. Yeah, so everybody I... should know I'll be drinking champagne in this restaurant and no one's turned and up. And you know what they'll go? Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> that's right. Well, actually, that's a timely segue. Should we introduce our first guest who um, she is, I mean, I would say now more than ever, Miff, that people are exploring life without alcohol. Yes. Well, there's now a, a larger selection of beverages you can choose from too that mm. aren't necessarily, well, they're not alcoholic at all, but it's 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 becoming more acceptable to, to be able to indulge in that kind of thing rather than the alcoholic version and people are thinking it's a little less weird. So there's a market there. Mm. But also I think in terms of our understanding of wellness and, and who we want to be and how we want to live, I think questioning your your relationship with alcohol is probably a big part of that. Yeah. Well, actually, non-alcoholic beverages, I believe I read yesterday, have increased by over 100% in sales in the last year. Huge. Huge. Led by those amazing millennials, I think, who yeah. are showing us all how to live. They're so well behaved. They, they, oh you know, they're, they're not doing all the naughty things that we were doing. And I really love that. They're, they're, from an earlier age, they're taking control of how they want to be and how they mm. want to live and yeah, like I said, I wish I'd discovered that 20 years ago. Well, yeah, that returns to the first thing we said in the show. Oh, my gosh, maybe they are achieving what we weren't able to do in our 20s. Oh, I've had to have a – I'm going to have to have a think about that. <laughs> I'm going to have a hard look at myself over that one. But it is amazing, I think, um, to, because there's so much support for people who are wanting to explore life without alcohol. So I'm really thrilled to welcome to the show author and alcohol-free life, life coach all the way from San Diego – Carolina Shadkowska. Hi there, Carolina. Hello. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited to be on the show. So you have ditched alcohol. Um, can you tell us why? Absolutely. So the 20s turmoil, I went through it too. And basically I partied way too hard when I was younger. But by the time I get to my mid to late 20s, I really consider myself a healthy, mindful person. So Monday through Thursday, I live the healthiest routine. I drink the green juice, I work out, I go to yoga, and every single weekend I still go out and socialize or relax with some wine at home, leaving me really feeling on Monday morning so low, like a negative cloud is following me. And like all that healthy progress I made for the week was just washed away by the choices I made over the weekend. I lived this cyclical life for years, really not seeing any other alternatives. Everybody drank every weekend, but it really lowered my self-esteem, my self-trust in myself, and really just kept me very bored and unfulfilled. Finally, I heard about dry January, and that's when I first took a break from alcohol, and that really allowed me to experience what life feels like without it. And I honestly was euphoric. I discovered a new sense of fun. I had more energy. I slept better. And I really started to discover that instead of feeling bored and reaching for a drink, I needed to stimulate my life and find more fulfillment throughout my week, not just waiting for the weekend. And I changed my life from night to day. I quit my day job. I launched a business. I wrote a book. But I really found more meaning and purpose inside of myself and what I really want to do in this planet instead of using a drink as this form of immediate gratification that I would reach to. Yeah. And obviously you get a lot more done when you don't have a hangover as well. And 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 that that's increased your 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 joy for life. Is would that be right? 
Absolutely. But, you know, it was obviously, you know, alcohol is so funny because we often will joke about it. We think that, you know, happy hour or going out with girlfriends for wine is like the highlight of our week. It was, sometimes we never talk about the negative consequences. Nobody wakes up after drinking feeling 100%. Nobody feels amazing. And yet somehow we're not really honest of ourselves about that effect. We kind of just brush it under a rug. And so, yes, there was the physical feeling of not feeling the best. But honestly, it was sometimes the mental gymnastics that really got to me. It was always kind of questioning, like, am I going to drink tonight? Okay, but you're only going to have two. Oh, you have to wake up early tomorrow, tomorrow morning. It was like I was always negotiating with myself, and it really took up a lot of mental space. So not only do I get all this time and energy back, I actually get my brain energy back, whereas now I can focus on things that can fuel my creativity, like writing a book, right? For example, mm -hmm. I never wrote anything when I was drinking. I never launched a business. I didn't do a lot of creative pursuits in my life. It was as if my mind was preoccupied. And it wasn't preoccupied by making sure I had enough alcohol at home or the things that we think about with serious problem drinking, but it was just always trying to make alcohol the smaller yet contained part of my life. It just took up so much brain space that when I work with women, they say themselves, the chatter goes away and they get this mental freedom. So you have, you work with women, you're like a coach to help women give up alcohol and you say it's about reconnecting with their full potential which is like I really love that that's one of the reasons we exist right but so what what has led them to come and reach out for help from you that's such a great question and you know I think traditionally when we think about problems around drinking we think of these really horrible stereotypes right someone who's hiding vodka at work someone who's drinking at all hours and the thing is is I've seen that a lot of women are coming to me because they're very intuitive Something is not fitting correctly in their life. Something is giving them this cognitive dissonance. Something is not allowing them to live life according to their fullest values. When they value health or mindfulness or integrity, it's as if alcohol is that one incongruency that's not allowing them to show up in that way. So these intuitive women often have a drinking habit, much like anyone else does in our society. Most drinkers do over drink. So it's actually very normal to have a love-hate relationship with alcohol, but they find that it's really not serving them. It's not serving their idea of maybe they're into personal development, for example, or entrepreneurship. And they're finding that alcohol is really that one thing standing in their way of really finding that embodiment of confidence, of purpose, of creativity. And so they really come to me because they're just curious about a new way of living. And I think we're opening the doors with the alcohol-free movement. We're literally, it doesn't matter what your consumption level is, whether you're drinking 10 drinks a night or one drink. If you're not happy about it, if it's not really, really serving who you and who you want to be the next day, it's allowed to come up for questioning. Now, that doesn't mean you have to quit forever. It's not this black and white thing, but I think we are allowed, we should be giving more mindfulness and just conscious awareness to the habits that we have each day. Yeah, I think that's yeah. as simple as that. If you're not happy about it, you can mm. change it. Mm. And I, I certainly, during the many lockdowns that we had in Melbourne, realised I wasn't happy about the relationship I had with alcohol. But you've got to get to that point too. You've got to have that realisation. Um, are you finding that people are reading your book and having that realisation through reading what you've written? Absolutely. So I think that, you know, this type of topic is just so taboo that most of us don't talk about it with other people. And so having a resource like this kind of book, it, it actually really goes over the joys of alcohol-free living, you know, because from the way I hear it sometimes and the way I live my life, we could start drinking as teenagers, right? 16, mm -hmm. 17, 18, 21, whatever, and continue the habit for our entire life. Maybe we take a break for pregnancy, but other than that, there's absolutely no, like, permission that we're given to really take a break from alcohol. And so the book really goes over what will happen when you take a break from your body, your mind, and your soul. 
And a lot of women that I work with are just so excited because they never knew they could feel this good. You know, they could, they assumed that waking up feeling tired or anxious or lethargic was just part of getting older. And so the taking the break is really where the magic is because they start to re feel rejuvenated both in their physical health, but also their mental energy. And they're starting to regain the sense of passion and purpose for their life mm. where their attention is more on their long-term fulfillment over just this, you know, quick buzz. And so it really catalyzes this entire transformation where women I've worked with have gone on to write their own books or gone on to launch businesses or move somewhere beautiful, just go after long held dreams that they never thought were really possible for themselves because they used to just feel really stuck in this routine. And now they broke out of it and the sky's the limit. You know, it's so interesting that you say, I mean, you're right. I, I had my first drink when I was probably 15, I'd mm. say, and I'm now turning 50 this year. And yeah, I've had a baby, so I stopped then. But I can't think of a time when I haven't had alcohol and you're suggesting that even a week later if I've had a glass of wine last week you know it's still there in my at thought at least thought processes right yeah and even biologically it's so fascinating we kind of go over that in the book as well is that alcohol is a very complex you know thing that happens to the body not only do we have to detox the ethanol as our body works over time but it also leaves these byproducts and one of those byproducts is these stress hormones that our body releases in response to alcohol which means that when we drink, we actually release cortisol, adrenaline, and something called dynorphin, which actually is kind of like the opposite of endorphins. They make us feel pretty low and depressed the next day. It takes almost a week for our body to completely flush those out, even sometimes two weeks for different people. So for me, for example, I took a break technically every week, but I would drink every weekend. And so my body never got to a point of really rebalancing and recalibrating and kind of tuning into its natural state. It was always working overtime to, to deal with those stress hormones. And that's what I felt. I felt pretty apathetic. I felt pretty restless. I felt bored. I'd always feel pretty low after the day of drinking. And I just figured that was normal, right? And until I took that break, usually a month is the best you could do uh, to really feel it anymore. The longer than that, two months, three months will change your life. But even getting started with one weekend, you know, wherever you are is a beautiful start. And you start to kind of build this muscle where you look out, instead of looking outside of yourself for a sense of fun or excitement or relaxation, like I said, alcohol doesn't even actually really relax the human body because it releases those stress hormones. You start to find these new holistic tools to meet all your needs in a different way. And it starts to really build this new sense of ownership and autonomy over really taking care of yourself. So let me ask, you gave up for six months, Miv, mm. but you were in lockdown at the time. Yeah. The the notion of not drinking, particularly in Australia, Carolina, I don't know if you're aware of our culture. We are a very alcohol-based culture here and some industries like ours, the entertainment industry, even more so. Um, would you have been able to stop drinking if you were out socially? Absolutely not. And that's the difficulty. Mm. I, I only could do it because I was essentially locked in my home, which is a huge problem, I think, mm. because I think that's where my, my drinking lives it's social it's a little bit of social anxiety mm -hmm. um and i'm not to say that I, I had a problem or anything but when once you stop you realize how much you rely on it and the fact that we weren't going anywhere helped i think me to be able to stop but um so, so what do we do yeah when how do we get to around go socially yeah. you know special occasions or even just you know catching up with friends Absolutely. Such a good question. And, you know, again, I don't think of terms in black and white. I think the word forever should be banished from the brain. So it's more of like, what do I do during my break? Right. And that's really just this challenge that you're doing, this tactical time that you're focusing on not drinking. And the funny thing is, is as I did research for my book, I learned, you know, this statistic pertains to the United States, but 
over the majority of drinkers actually want to drink less or not at all. And most drinkers are over drinking. So the health guidelines are very low when it comes to alcohol and they're getting lower and lower as more studies come out. There's there's the World Health Federation just said that a glass of wine a day is bad for your heart. You know, the American Cancer Society says that one should not drink if you want to prevent cancer. So I think we're going to really see a change there. Anyway, suffice to say, most people actually wish they drank less or not at all and are not quite happy with their relationship with alcohol. So knowing that is kind of like the secret mindset you have in your back pocket when you go out. And when you decide to not drink and you order a mocktail or a beautiful beverage in a glass that just doesn't have ethanol in it, you instead of feeling like the odd one out or like you don't belong in that moment, you start to think of yourself as the inspirer, the role model, the leader amongst your friends. And really, we're talking about a beverage here at the end of the day. If I was vegetarian and I chose a salad over chicken wings, am I really going to get so much judgment? Do people really care? I think we need to bring the beverage away from all the status we put on it in our society and just remember It's just a beverage in a glass. Everyone has a choice over what they put into their body. And you might actually create ripple effects in your friend groups or your community when you decide to say no thank you. Because I'll tell you the truth, if I saw someone at a party six years ago not drinking and having a great time, I would have been like, wait a minute, you're allowed to do that? Like, Mm. this is allowed here? I didn't know that, right? Because I've only seen this one way of socializing. So I think socializing is changing. As I heard you say you know, earlier how the millennials and the Gen Z are drinking less, I think we're showing that culture can change and it doesn't have to come with a side of regret or not feeling well the next day just to be able to, to partake. So I think these non-alcoholic beverages, for example, are showing us that we can have a great night out, have an adult beverage, feel treated, feel pampered, yet not suffer any of those negative side effects that you know a, a glass of drinking alcohol will, and that there really can be a different way to socialize. Obviously, it's going to take time to change that culture, but I like to think of myself as the rebel, as someone who doesn't conform to belonging and fitting in in that moment so I can choose what really matters to me most. You know, Instead of a drink at the end of the day, I want to preserve my energy for writing books and speaking on stages and working with women, and I have to choose that mindfully over the other thing. doesn't mean I don't have other comfort zone behaviors I fall into, but it really helps me to know that. When I was drinking, I just felt so stuck. It was such a routine. It was, you know, just so many times just to fit in. And it often made me feel less confident over time because I was choosing other people's way instead of what really felt aligned for my soul. Carolina, I wish I'd been as productive as you when I gave it up for six months. <laughs> you, did, you weren't writing books and starting businesses. I was supposed businesses. to. I was supposed to. <laughs> I was writing a book, girl. <laughs> but you sound amazing and it yeah. sounded like it really invigorated you, whereas I think for me it was just more, I mean, I was coping with a lockdown, but it was more understanding why my body wanted it and if I could not do it yeah. I didn't get that productive side of it so much but 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 I think that there's an element that we certainly for myself lockdown was about stillness and accepting that all we could do was really kind of go inward a little and that's progress in itself yes like that's an activity in yes. itself right yeah. um but my problem is I've got to say I really like drinking a glass of wine I kind of look at it as I'm I'm going to have a piece of cake you know it's like that it's sort of a sometimes treat, I suppose. Is there no place for that, Carolina? You know, everyone's super unique. And obviously anyone can make choices about what they wish they desire around alcohol. My work helps women discover what needs they're trying to meet through a glass. So even if it's like this sense of pampering or a treat, you know, I often felt like I deserved to have a drink. I was so good during the week and now it's time to pamper myself and have a drink. 
But those feelings of pampering and feeling special and unique, they actually didn't carry over to the next day. Often felt more lethargic, more exhausted. And it was as if the, the treat always came with these negative side effects that I just didn't you know, consider. The buzz is a 20 minute thing, but the entire experience was a 48 hour experience and that all the effects weren't just positive. So I personally, and the women I work with, I've learned to treat myself in new ways. It's not about taking away your treat or your pampering. It's about finding something that works and that works holistically, sustainably. So it works the next day too. You don't feel bad about it. Uh, so there's so many ways that I feel women deserve permission to relax, to unwind, to slow down, to stop, to really show that they are worthy and that they deserve to take up space and time to rest. And so those are the kind of modalities and some of the tools I teach inside of my programs and my coaching so that it's, again, we're really taking care of our needs in a very holistic way. And I love the alcohol-free beverage movement because oftentimes those those beverages can really work as a placebo. You know, you have something sophisticated, it has this adult flavor, but it has none of those negative side effects. In fact, it might even have something like adaptogens or nootropics or vitamins in it, and you really get to feel treated, but then also carry on with your night. If I had a drink at happy hour, for example, my night was a total wash. I wouldn't have read that night. I definitely wouldn't have worked out. I wouldn't take any errands. You know, who knows if I would even take care of my face that night. Yet when I have a non-alcoholic beverage, I get to sit down, relax, decompress over a beverage, but then my entire night can continue on and I can do anything I want to because my brain wasn't derailed or my body's not slowed down with the sluggishness of detoxing that drink. But I think it's really up to everyone. I think taking a break is the great place to start. And then once you take a break, you get to decide which version of yourself you liked better, A or B. And then from there you move forward. And if it's, it comes with occasional drinking or drinking whenever you want, you just always use your own intuition and feelings to decide what feels best. If it comes with negative side effects you don't like, maybe you decide to take another break. If you enjoy it and there's no negative side effects, then that's your feelings and that's what you can move forward with. Carolina, I really loved the book and I would recommend it, even if you're just interested in what it would be like to take a break from alcohol because so much of the language is about self-love, self-compassion, present moment awareness, mindfulness, and really developing that sense of confidence again and self-esteem, which I think all of us can do at any time. Absolutely. Yeah, I really, really loved it. And um, certainly as someone who's building a business, I will agree you are far more productive and way less anxious on the days when you haven't been drinking. So I, I give you that. And you also eat way less pizza. Way less pizza. <laughs> Late at night. i got to say, I don't look after my face, though. I do not cleanse every night. No. I just don't, who whether does, I'm drinking or not. Who's got a 10-step routine? Like, I, I don't know who these people are and where they get the time or how they can be bothered. I know. I'm too lazy for that. Carolina, thank you so much. It's just been a delight to have you join us. It's been such a delight. Thank you so much for the thought-provoking questions and interview, and I hope you have a great day. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, so Miff, ever since we started Broad Radio, I've been blessed to discover the most extraordinary people out there, largely just by stalking them on social media. Just going, mm, I like the cut of their jib. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to engage with them and then invite them on the show. And one such person is Creatrix Tiara. They are a performance artist, writer, media maker. At one time, they were a magician as well. Uh, and they've started a business, which I'm obsessed with. Hi there, Tiara. Hi, how's it going? Oh, look, I'm thrilled that you finally come on the show because we started talking oh, over a year ago, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, first... I mean, as we were talking earlier, time is a social construct. Who even knows <laughs> when anything is anymore? Exactly right. <laughs> like it's almost April. How is it almost April? How is it almost April? I don't know. I, I don't even know what year it is half the time these days. <laughs> <laughs> Creatrix, I have to ask firstly, what is a Creatrix? Right. Okay. So to me, I, cre- this, I think it makes sense if I explain where the name come from. So when I started doing burlesque in like 2009, 2010, um, I went to, my station was TR the Merch Girl because as I started, I was doing merch for a big burlesque event and it has sort of got known as like the Merch Girl and I sort of made that also a side hustle. And then after like a few years of the, that, I was like, I am tired of being the support person I want to be known like for like more about making my it was making my own thing to be fair but I was like I want to really center my work around like kind of my own thing as myself rather than as as an adjunct to someone else um so I saw the name creatrix I think someone else online had like the same title and I loved it because it's like you yeah it's someone who creates but there's also a bit of like a magician-y witchy quality to it you know, there's like, you know, a little bit of like hinting of certain other words with the suffix tricks in them. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> like the, 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 I thought it was something like really fun about that name. And so I took it on and created it. I kind of just, just stuck a decade on. It's like mm-hmm. a very unique stage name. It's like, it's a bit, the people go, I'm like, do I call you creative? Do I call you Tiara? And I would say like, think of Lady Gaga and how like the creative is more like a title. And then I saw an interview with Lady Gaga. She's like, call me Lady. It's like, well, great, you ruined my metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not true because I interviewed, I don't know, have you interviewed Lady Gaga? No, no. Oh, I have. And she Detail. said, call me Gaga. Okay. Yeah. So, hmm, I don't know. I wouldn't call her Lady. That's weird. No. I guess she like changes it up depending on the mood. Depending well, on the mood. She's Lady Gaga. <laughs> she can do what um, she wants. You've also, you're, you, you've also used the title Shenaniganist, which is I think something I'm going to take with me today and put that one on my CV if I can fit into whatever a shenanigan, Shenaniganist right. means. I, I love it. Yeah, it came, that, that term was like relatively recent and it came from like me just trying to like figure out my bio really and it's like well i get up to all sorts of different things how do i explain everything that i do <laughs> um and it's like well the sort of common thread along them is they're all shenanigans like they all start from a german of idea my friends and i actually have this running joke that you know instead of manifesting which is a term that gets on my notes 
I we joke it fast like lots so many of my ideas start as jokes like just like oh wouldn't it be funny if I was a queer lady magician ha <laughs> and then suddenly it became like this whole hour long show that's toured across the place or you know just like all these random projects that I'm like wouldn't it be funny if what what if we did that and then it becomes that and it's like <laughs> well all these shenanigans get me somewhere so yeah so like well well that's the best way to describe what I do just shenanigans. This is the thing, though, that always has fascinated me about you is that you are a true creative and there's not many people in our community who go, I'm just going to do that idea mm. that came to me. Yep. We all feel quite restricted by notions of you've got to have regular employment or notions of what my family expect of me or society expect of me, whereas you are one of these amazing people who just go, I'm a creative, I'm going to create it. Is there is there something in you that allows you to have that freedom? You know, it's interesting you say that because for me, I feel like the regular ways have not worked out. Like I struggle to get a regular job despite my best efforts. You know, like my family sort of given up on expecting anything from me a long time ago. I came out of the womb weird. <laughs> They're like, okay, you're the weirder child. It's, you're very strong. We can't force you to do anything. Um, but yeah, I think it came from like, well, this is what I have access to. Somehow this is the thing that's giving me more opportunities than like your usual day job. Um, and I just kind of went with it. And a lot of the times like with this idea, it's not every idea I have goes anywhere, you know, but I tend to like just throw everything to the ether and see who says yes, see where, what idea goes anywhere and then pursue that. And sometimes some ideas, they stop halfway and that's fine. Some ideas are just ideas and that's fine. And some ideas like take off and you can't really predict that from the beginning. You just kind of like, See what sticks. Mm. Well, well, what's obviously stuck is the fairy godmother role that you play. And I'm really interested to know what a professional fairy godmother does. Right. So my gifts are my love language, uh, right? Like, And not just in physical gifts, but also in like time. And like, you know, I thought of you. Here's this thing that reminds me of you. And it came about because a few years ago, one of my dear friends, a legendary jazz cabaret artist, Mama Alto, um, she was going through a bit of a hard time and I want to do something special for her. And I and so I thought, let's try a surprise birthday party. So I wrangled up a few people that knew her, which was not just a few, a lot. A lot of people loved her, right? So we got a bunch of people together. Um, it was her favorite venue, Hairs and Hyenas. Now the hair hole, you know, she always performs there and they offer the space for free. You know, we got her partner on board to like make sure she shows up because her schedule, I tried it once before, like her schedule got too full. So we had like we, uh, shelve it for a different day. I was like, make sure she's available on this day. And so we got like, cause she always does fundraising cabarets. Like she always gets all the artists she knows together to put on a show if she wants to fundraise or anything. So we did the reverse. We put on a show for her. And so we we're at hair hole, you know, waiting for her to come like this cabaret got set up she comes up she lights up and just like seeing her face just like, and we got all these messages from like i reached out to everyone she's ever worked with and they all sent her birthday gifts and messages and she she her face just lit up and then afterwards she sent an email to everyone saying thank you so much i was, I was going through such a hard time this has given me the strength to keep going and ever since then, i was like this is what i want to do with my life and the professional fairy godmother is like my endeavor to give that to more people like a way for people to have their dreams come true and you know i also live for that that moment of surprise where you see like on youtube videos and such when they get surprised by something and like oh my god ah! I, I just for that moment and so yeah that, that's my way to make like 
dreams and wishes accessible like especially in the last two years you've seen so many people including myself fall into despair or sadness like you know our lives got turned upside down i suffered through quarantine and lockdown and you know just like trying to claw ourselves out and we all just need something a little nice it just you know even little gestures of kindness both to each other and to ourselves really so so you've basically turned gift giving into a business to be a professional mm-hmm. fairy godmother and i i love that because i think gift giving is a skill like it's yes. a, sort of some people have a talent mm. for that what do you think makes a really good gift because do you know what cal wilson she has said to me oh it's all about effort right mm. but then i think mm, well they say the thought that counts but sometimes if you get a really average gift <laughs> All the thought that's gone into it might be nothing. So what do you think makes a really good gift? Yeah. I think that both of you are like, what thought and effort come into it? I think it's really about knowing and understanding the person you're giving it to, right? Everyone has their own different different preferences. Like some people don't like being surprised, you know, some people prefer smaller gifts. Some people like really big gestures and just really getting to know the person you're giving it to and also like understanding that ultimately the reaction is out of your heads. I think a lot of people get tripped up on like, oh no, if they don't like the gift they give me, that I give them, something has gone wrong and suddenly you're like, oh, I can't be friends with you anymore because you don't appreciate the thing and how dare you not appreciate the gift I give you. And that just adds like a, a little layer of like resentment into it. But I think if you're like, giving it honestly you're giving it in a way that you know the other person appreciates so to the best of your ability and then you like let go of any expectation around it i love that with an open heart and then you'll see like the other person and if the hopefully the other person reacts well and i think also like people sometimes expect a certain kind of reaction you know where it's like oh you don't look too happy Oh, you didn't like jump for joy. Something is wrong. But maybe that that's just the way they express uh, gratitude. You know, they mm. might be quiet, but that doesn't mean they don't appreciate it. Like some people are just at the moment with like too, like oh no, I don't know how to react. But they might come to appreciate it later. So like yeah, this this don't put too much expectation. Put the other person first. Like yeah. Yeah, I love I love the notion of letting go of the expectation yes. because as soon as you have an expectation of their response, then it becomes about you. Of course. Mm. And we love to centre ourselves in everything, don't we? And that's and I think that's something we're learning in, in, in this age that we're living in that's not about us necessarily. Yes. I love it. So we yeah. would love you to head along and check out the website. It's professionalfairygodmother.xyz. Is that right? Yeah, com would also get you there. Oh, .com. Okay, so do check it out. And um, if there's someone in your life that you would like to show appreciation of, say thank you to, mm. you know, create that bond because you've cared for them. I think it's a really special thing that you're doing. So congratulations, Tiara. I love it. Thank you. And also you can get it for yourself too. I got my first Ooh. client the other day. Um, and she started off wanting a way to like monetize her art and it went from that to like actually she wanted a way to feel validated for her art and also a space for her to make the art and it turned that conversation turned into hey you're going to be going to this you're starting to this going to this library space to work on your craft maybe that could be a meetup space could meet like-minded people and she was really jazzed up about that so yeah like this give yourself a gift too you know that 
doesn't have to be for others. You you also deserve gifts. You also deserve to have your wishes come true. Oh, yes, oh, I like that too. We deserve to have our wishes come true. I love it. Thank you so much, Creatrix Tiara. It's been a delight to have on the show. Finally. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Broad Radio, talking inspo we love, info we need, and sharing more of us. Watch and listen live every Tuesday, 9am, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at broadradio.com.au or find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn at Broad Radio Oz. Talk to us live. Call on 1300 8 Broad. Catch up on demand anytime, anywhere, every time, everywhere. On the train, we'll be here. 2am existential crisis, we've got you covered. Broad Radio, here for more. Miv, I was so excited that you're joining us on the show this week because a story hit me in the news about Dolly Parton. I thought, I have to ask Miv about this because, you know, you, as I said, you're synonymous with music and I really respect your opinion and your wisdom. Oh, thank you. Um, so Dolly kind. Parton recently declined an invitation or an induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And yeah. I was sad. Yeah, I'd love to know why you were sad first and then I'm sure I've got probably thoughts. Um, because I think that women don't talk themselves up enough, right? Agreed. I think that uh, just genetically for some reason we don't have that uh, willingness to blow our own trumpet and I think accolades are few and far between. She no doubt is one of the greatest legends of music ever and she deserves that. She does. She does. I mean, she is she's a genius and mm. she's a creative genius, but she's also a philanthropist. She's an extraordinary human being. She does mm. so many things for the community. She's been outspoken about um about things that may have alienated her traditional country audience as well. Like she's she's a strong, formidable woman in the music business and and yes I am sad that she has denied that accolade but I also know that Dolly being Dolly and I, I adore her you know it, it costs a lot of money to look this cheap is one of my favorite <laughs> favorite lines of her you know she just just she 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 fascinates you with the baubles and the big boobs and everything yeah. but she she can cut you down oh, in and a she's second smart too. and she's really clever but I think she is the type of person that will make space for somebody else, and I think we are at that point in history. She's not a, she's not a rock and roll artist. She's a country artist essentially, a bluegrass artist. She's had uh, a couple of pop songs, "Islands in the Stream" and that album in the seventies. I can't remember what it was called. It's my favourite. There's a few disco mm, numbers sure. on that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like she doesn't think she's a rock rock artist, and and I know that the boundaries of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame have changed significantly. But I also feel like she. She would acknowledge that she's had so many accolades and been acknowledged professionally mm. in, in the country world um, and in various other ways that I think she wants to make space for others. Maybe another woman, mm. um, maybe uh, an artist that, that wouldn't normally get a look in. And, and I think, I think she's, she's comfortable enough in herself to say, no, that's not me, that doesn't fit in my yeah, head. Because she did say in her statement that I'm not a rock Artist, mm. and to me, I've just assumed that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is it's a title a for you know musicians, basically. And it is essentially, yeah. and like yeah. I said, that the parameters of that that has changed over the years. Mm. There's now hip hop in there. There's there's all sorts yeah. of styles of music. It doesn't have to be. It's just a title. But I think she's using her position to mm. make space for and perhaps another woman. Extraordinary. Um, 
that might not have had that accolade. And I think that that's the philanthropist in her. That's the one who who shares, who yeah. cares. Yeah. And and yeah, she's she's very comfortable in herself and I, I totally get where you're coming from too. But I think she's 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 okay with it. I mean it. look, it, that's amazing leadership, isn't it? Mm, to to it know that you're a senior person in your industry and it's now time for you to yeah. assist others coming up. Amazing. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um and Dolly always a hero to it. us. The so. higher the hair, the closer to God. Not that I believe in God, but gosh, I love that too. <laughs> All right. I wish I could replicate. Oh, yeah. Get yourself a wig. It's not her hair. Oh, I know, that's true. <laughs> Um, another celebrity who has impressed and really kind of moved me in the last week was David Beckham, who um, over the weekend handed over his 71 point something million followers on his Instagram account to this beautiful and extraordinary paediatrician doctor in the Ukraine. And she was able to share just some incredible insights into what they're going through in that particular hospital, which is in Kharkiv. Um, pretty amazing. Uh. It's a wonderful way to share with people the struggle and the experience of people in Ukraine at the moment via one of the biggest social media accounts in the world. In the I, world. That that in itself is, is a gift. Yeah. You know, I did bring it up, though, just so that I can mention I met David Beckham. I know. When did this happen? He's, <laughs> look, a, he's look, obviously can you see a the nice photo man. There? Oh, my goodness. I have to put my glasses <laughs> on for that. Oh, look at you. Look, You look very happy. Oh, my God. I was so excited. And I'm, I will admit that this story, I'll, I'll tell you a very truncated version because okay. I do happen to use this in stand-up comedy, so I don't want to sound like I'm doing a bit here. Oh, no, do a bit. I no, want to no. hear it. <laughs> well, he was here for a party. He was Well, he was here with LA Galaxy and they put on a party at, at Crown in yeah. Melbourne and I insisted I get invited to that party, right? So I wasn't even there as any official. I was there literally as a stalker, right? And when I got there, he was behind the velvet rope. Oh, and I was like, oh, how am I going to get how am I gonna get behind the velvet rope? How am I going <laughs> to meet David? And I was standing talking to this woman and he made eye contact with me, right? And I was like, did I just make that? Did I imagine that? And then he did it again. And then he did the third time. And I don't even know who that chick was that I was talking to, but I've gone, excuse me, step aside, I'm going in, <laughs> right? And I've strutted up and he got up and he opened the velvet <gasps> rope for me. And I'm beside myself, right? So I go in and he's, he's gone, hello, I'm David. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I've gone, I know. And then we talked for ages and he was so charming and so interesting. And we talked about Victoria because I love Victoria Beckham and fashion and parenting and all this sort of stuff. And then, Miff, I felt a hand on my ass, <gasps> right? And I was like, mm, well, this is going better than I imagined, right? <laughs> and then I turn and it was my husband, right? And I'm like... <laughs> David, this is my uh, Not now. husband. <laughs> I was so close to saying housemate. I can't even tell you. <laughs> right? Anyway, the worst part was my did you, husband, did you, Darren, I thought, Actually, right? I was going to say, did you say this is my whole pass? <laughs> charming it was of course he wasn't going to put his hand on my eyes it was definitely my husband doing that <laughs> but the worst part was that Daz my beautiful husband was so keen to get himself across that room to meet David Beck in the minute he saw me talking to him that he has as he stood up put his knee in a bowl of hummus <laughs> <laughs> he's standing there talking to David Beckham with a big glob of hummus on his knee <laughs> 
sorry, sorry. Was he wiping it off while he was just going <laughs> to trying to talk? Bex, very charming, didn't say anything about the hummus, even though we we're all looking at it. Hummus but thing. yesterday when we were looking at the Instagram and this story about how beautiful David Beckham, Daz has gone, oh, he's such a great bloke, isn't he? Like they were friends. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah. Have you caught up with your mate yeah. Bex lately? <laughs> oh, look, you know, they, if they're in the same room, they'll, they, they'll just get back to where they started, you know, where they, they started. Nothing's changed in their relationship. That's it. That's it. Except like... for a clean pair of jeans. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, jeez. Anyway, I had to share that, he, me and Bex. He seems like a nice fella in this celebrity world where I mm. imagine it's, it's rather topsy-turvy. Yeah. He actually seems like a relatively decent chap. He, I think... From what I gathered after that 45-minute conversation, he's amazing. Yeah. He's a chief amongst men. Um, and that is amazing to have that insight into Ukraine. And there's another one that we've been following too, actually. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, it's a cat mm. uh, Instagram. Cat. It's it's called I Love You Stepan and it's S-T-E-P-A-N. And Stepan is in Ukraine and it's this cat that, you know, it's, it, it's millions of followers purely because they mm. put a photo of it looking nonplussed with its sort of neck back, <laughs> looking up, hold, you know, next to a margarita or a pizza on a Friday night, like really mm. basic stuff but as it's turned out um when the bombing started stepan has had to with his owner had to go underground into a bomb shelter and then you see and and then you see the photograph of the apartment that was bombed and it's it it, for for many people who can't put a human element to what's going on i think animals are often an easy way sadly um, because I think we're all a bit desensitised yes. with human tragedy at this yeah. point. And watching little Stepan having to be carried through mm. bomb shelters and, and finding himself in Poland safely due to reaching out on Instagram for, for people to help, uh, I think people begin to understand the plight of what's going on there. Mm. And and that's, again, using social media as much as we deride it for good. You know? Yeah, yeah. There are also some amazing platforms you can find out how to contribute to various charities over there. Jennifer Aniston has shared some really good ones. So, geez, we are name dropping today. Oh, um, David just... Beckham, Jennifer, have you met her too? <laughs> no, I have not. thought you would have. <laughs> um, but, yes, do check out uh, I'd to- those I'd platforms. totally hummus knee for her. <laughs> would you? Yeah. Totally That's would. our yardstick now. I know. Would, would you, you hummus me? <laughs> we go through anything to get there. <laughs> That's right, a bowl of hummus. Oh, coming up in a moment, we're going to find out how we can recycle plastic in our own home. So when it comes to climate change, of course, many of us, I think, are feeling a little bit helpless and there's a lot of anxiety around that and it feels like, you know, we recycle our plastic, we separate our rubbish, we do all that kind of stuff. But does it actually do anything? My husband's always saying, oh, it just all goes into landfill anyway. Mm. So one couple in Melbourne actually decided to do something about it, which is I love. They founded Precious Plastic Melbourne and one half of that couple joins us now, Kayla Masuto. Good morning, Kayla. Good morning. It's lovely to see you. So um, I didn't realise that Precious Plastic is a... Like it's a it's a sort of a movement, a worldwide movement. Can you explain that? Hmm. Yeah. Um, so it started in the Netherlands um, from a Dutch designer called Dave Hacken. So he essentially came up with this concept um, and designed a range of small scale recycling machines and released the plans open source. So I guess the idea behind it is that he wants everyone to go out and recycle um, at a community level and it's really helping people to take recycling into their own hands um, 
And yes, yeah, so I guess branches are popping up all around the, the world. It's really interesting. Australia has been maybe a little slower to kick off, but um, what we're trying to do here essentially is lead the way for the micro recycling industry and really, um, I guess, make it really accessible and really easy for people to get started. Yeah, it's incredible. When I go shopping now, I see items made, you know, you buy a pair of bathers and they'll say this has been made out of plastic mm-hmm. bottles. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's that's an incredible development in how we're living at this moment. But what is it that you're doing with your plastics? Like which plastics are you recycling? And then and then what, how do you decide to then turn it into a particular product? What's, you, what's your goal here? Yes, I guess um, our main focus is very much on traditionally hard to recycle plastics. Um, so one resource stream that we use quite a bit, for example, is bottle tops. Um, bottle tops can be problematic in industrial recycling settings because they're too small and they fall through the machinery. Um, so we work, work with a national um, volunteer organisation that collect lids and donate them to us. They're called Lids for Kids. Um, so that's that's our buckets of um, mm-hmm. pre-shredded plastic. So that comes in and we recycle those into new products. Um, another thing that we really want to focus on is creating uh, functional products. So we don't want to create trinkets or anything like that. We're making sure that the products that we're creating are really useful and have a really good place in society. Um, we also build small scale recycling machinery and we encourage the people that are using those machines to look for you know a gap in their community or organization that they can fill. So when they're recycling their um, you know, we're encouraging them to create functional products as well. So I love this, that you basically make the machinery that we could then as a community set up a recycle, like a micro recycle plant that we could then, you know, see <laughs> recycling happen before our very eyes. Mm. Yeah, that's right. I, and yeah, that's, I guess the whole concept is just making it really accessible. So um, so we we started with these open source machines and we've gone on to develop our own machinery. So we've made, I, I guess, um, almost started from scratch a little bit, made a lot of improvements and we're working to Australian safety standards as well because that was something that was really important because we tend to work with a lot of schools and community groups. So we want to make sure that the machines are safe, that they're really really easy to use um and they're you know they're quite portable as well so just making it um affordable and accessible it's amazing it sure is and and we have some of your recycled products here which are these are little um soap dishes although you could use them for your knickknacks your earrings you know anything you like um and it's beautiful they look fabulous yeah they're amazing so i mean is there any limit to what you can make out of recycled plastic yeah, so I guess it depends on um, what machinery you have and what side of, size of product you want to produce. So for a very small machine, you want to look at making smaller products. Um, if you're looking to produce bigger products, you need to move up to a slightly bigger machine that has a bigger shot size. Um, so I actually grab, I have a little comb here, and that's one that people um, make off our smaller machine. That's so cute. Um, yeah, and then, um, yeah, there's just, I, I guess it yeah, d- really depends on um, which machine you use, depending on which product you want to make. There's different functionalities. Um, and then looking at the type of plastic that you're using, obviously that impacts things as well. So we've, we've done a lot of learning. We don't have a background in plastics. Um, so we've done a lot of learning about the type of polymers. That's, you know, the little symbol 
mm. recycling is in these seas. So we tend to work a lot with number twos and number fours, that's HDP and LDP, because they're quite safe to work with. Um, and they're, they're a bit simpler to work with. They're less problematic than some other plastics. Um, and just, I, yeah, I guess the other thing is, you know, um, keeping that material stream clean, essentially. So we're only working with a single type of polymer. We're not putting any additives or virgin plastics or um yeah we're, we're not mixing it and just mushing it all together and then adding added additives to bind it all together so when it comes out the other side um it's still a high quality material which can be recycled again at end of life kayla you've said you had no experience no background in this didn't know what you were doing and yet here you are you've you've done it was that like climbing a mountain or was it something that you, you really enjoyed the process of, of, of working it through? Like I, I, that's the thing, I, I was, we were talking earlier, mm. I have great ideas but I don't follow through if I've got absolutely no experience, mm. whereas you've done that. How did you do that? Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, so I, I, my husband and I founded the business together and I guess we just really nerded out <laughs> on the subject <laughs> Um, and we like to talk about getting excited about waste and I think that's um, yeah we have this we have this interesting I guess background and, and varied skill set um, I'm my background is creative I worked in advertising as a designer um, and my husband's just a nerd <laughs> um, don't tell him I said that that's just between us um, but we yeah I guess it was a lot of learning um, and and it's this interesting mix of being very technical but very creative at the same time. And I guess this is that gap that we're trying to fill because obviously there's, you know, your commercial level, um, industrial level recyclers and they're producing, um, you know, different things for government and, um, yeah, a bit more, I guess it's more bespoke and it's quite creative and, um, you know, we're, where yeah just helping the community helping small medium um small and medium businesses um and schools to take their own waste and turn it into something functional so really just encouraging people to return plastic waste to the material cycle and turn it into new products i love it because you're giving us a sense of empowerment you know we, we all kind of feel a little passive in this whole notion about recycling because yes. you think it's it's got to be a big you know industrial kind of process but you're saying no that we all have the power to do a little thing and obviously all the little actions add up to make a difference so it's just amazing Kayla I, I really am inspired by what you're doing thank you and you know my husband has a PhD in polymer chemistry and oh. Oh, yeah. I think well, you, you need to tell him to lift his game. He has, <laughs> he has never worked a day in his life as an engine, engineer with that particular degree. He finished his PhD and became a filmmaker. So um, I feel like I need to tell him to engage with the plastic side of his life. Mm. Yeah, hook us up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I'm not sure he would remember anything. You can teach him a thing or two. I really love it. Kayla, yeah. thank you so much. No worries. And do check out Precious Plastic Melbourne because you might find yourself, hey, at the very least, you can pick up some lovely plastic recycled um, little things. There's combs and knickknacks and all lovely things there. But also you can 
work out how to recycle your own. Gosh, there are some good people in the world, aren't there? Like that's the one thing I'm, I'm gleaning from today. I know. Well, what I have learned is that there are people out there who go, I'm going to do something mm. and then they do it. Yeah, I know. And I feel ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't be sad. You're writing a book. I am writing a book. You've got a very big, important task today. I do. Yes, I've got to come up with the title. I have a meeting about the title, and I haven't come. I haven't hit. I haven't landed on it. No pressure. No pressure at all. There mm. are some great titles out there. I wouldn't. Yeah, these are these are one of the. I've got a title, but no book. Oh, okay, what's your title? Can you say? Um, you if I was to write a memoir, I would call it Waylaid. Because I'm just always getting waylaid. Everything I've done is because I got waylaid. My brain went the other way. (laughs) Oh, you've had a good life then. This will be a a rollicking (laughs) read. No, I've been married for 20-something years. It'll be very, very dull. Hey, Miff, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. I've loved it. I have loved it too. And make sure you check out all of our other episodes, Broad Radio On The Go, and we'll see you next week on Broad Radio on Tuesday. See you then. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com Let's get this dinner party started.